0: Hey there listeners, Ginger and I have been going strong with this podcast since February of 2021 and we've now built up quite a library of episodes and since we know that we have many new listeners who likely haven't gone all the way back to episode one and listened to every single one of them, uh, we thought we'd occasionally share some of our best of episodes with you. This is our way of highlighting the ones we really don't want you to miss. That's right. And we had a great
1: response from this Santa episode. So, with Christmas just around the corner, we felt this would be a good one to re air for our new listeners and perhaps as an encouraging refresher for our listeners who've been with us since the beginning. So, without further ado,
0: here's today's episode. Uh, oh, but wait. <laughs> if you're listening today with your Santa loving little ones, this might be the time to hit pause and listen during just all that free time you have. Do you wonder whether or not Santa Claus will distract your children from the true meaning of Christmas? Or do you wonder if your children will miss out on a special part of their childhood if you forego celebrating Kris Kringle? Do you feel that no matter what you choose, you're going to mess up your kids for life? Well, then we are just really glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers, those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to bjupresshomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at bjupresshomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you.
1: All right, let's get started with today's topic. This is another one that Katie was chomping at the bit <laughs> to address. So I'll read one of the questions that came in and I'm looking forward to what Katie has to say. Trisha in California sent this question in. She said, when my child was four years old, she sat in the bathtub one night and said to me, Mommy, I have a question. Is there really a Santa Claus or is it just your parents? When I hesitated, she became more insistent and said, You said you would never lie to me and I want you to tell me the truth. After a few minutes, I decided to tell her. I talked about St. Nicholas and about how special it is to give gifts to those we love because we're remembering that God gave us the special gift of Jesus. We also talked about how sometimes pretending games are a lot of fun. At the end of this conversation, she burst into tears and said, I can't believe you told me that. Now you've ruined everything for me. I'll never be happy again. <laughs> wow. Fast forward. What a response. Fast forward 30 years later, now that same child is getting questions from her for year old daughter and wants my advice on how to Mm -hmm. handle it. Other students at school are beginning to talk about Santa, and it's a private Christian school. I would love to hear your perspective on how to handle this, especially given the fact that even at a Christian school, parents handle the concept of Santa very differently.
0: Ooh, well, Trisha, <laughs> I am so glad you sent this to us, and you are 100% correct that Christians don't always agree on this issue. If you happen to listen to our Halloween episode, you could probably guess that we got a lot of helpful feedback from our listeners on both sides of the issue. And honestly, we love to hear what you think and have to say about these things, even when our views don't necessarily align. Initially, I thought the issue of Santa was far less controversial than Halloween, but after about five minutes of research, I realized that there are some very passionate arguments for and against Santa. (laughs) And, you know, I guess people have some strong opinions about it, which I just can't identify with because I'm not an opinionated person at all. (laughs) Yeah, I know. If you've been listening, you you know how... (laughs) comical that is. Uh, and because our listener asked for our opinion, we will give it, both of us. But despite the title of this episode, it is not our desire to tell you what you should do with your kids. I would not pretend to have that kind of wisdom or influence, but I do believe that God has given us, given Ginger and me, a platform to encourage parents and grandparents like Trisha to just think about some of the decisions we make and consider if they are done in a way that will reach the hearts of our children for the glory of God. So with that in mind, let's let's look at the views on this Santa issue on a continuum. So on one end, we have those who not only oppose Santa, but they condemn those who do include him in their Christmas celebrations. Actually, this group could probably also entail those who refuse to celebrate Christmas at all. And again, Condemn those who do. That's what puts them at this extreme end. Uh, it's not just a personal conviction for them; it's what they believe all Christians should do. You know, this type of legalism is extreme, and it's what Jesus spent so much of his ministry preaching against. The Pharisees were big on telling their fellow Jews what they should and shouldn't do, and they far exceeded the laws that God Himself established among His people, and even even condemned Christ Himself for not following them. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be comical, actually, if it wasn't so tragic, but I want to strongly emphasize here that most of the Christians I know, and probably most of them listening to this episode, don't take their personal convictions about Santa to this extreme. Further to the middle of the spectrum, but still on the anti-Santa side— We have those who are firmly opposed to Santa, but they don't believe all Christians should hold this same view. Uh, This is what they have prayed about and what suits their family and their convictions, but they are content to believe that God-fearing men and women can hold different convictions, so they choose not to be legalistic about their Santa-less approach to celebrating Christmas. On the other side of the spectrum, are those who are straight up, 100% wall-to-wall Santa. Jesus (laughs) barely makes an appearance in their Christmas celebrations, and they're not bothered by it. They are so consumed with the commercialized Christmas that they have completely forgotten there is a real and living Savior we are celebrating. Again, I think most mature Christians don't operate in that extreme.
1: That's right. Yeah, but that's actually exactly where I was growing up, Katie, Mm. except my parents they weren't Christians. They didn't come into a personal relationship with Jesus until later in life. So my brother and I, when we were little, it was all about Santa. And it was fun and magical until some kid at school told me he wasn't real. (laughs) And then I was devastated to the point that I wanted to throw rocks at him on the playground. So there are folks on both sides of the spectrum, but what about the
0: in-betweens, Katie? Well, moving toward the center are those who love Santa and fully embrace the magic of the season. They believe we need to let the kids stay little by continuing the Santa traditions as long as their children still believe, and maybe even beyond that. Uh, But they still sincerely love Jesus and make sure their celebrations are Christ-exalting. And then we have those parents in the middle. These are the Christians who have not yet decided or are conflicted as to whether or not they want Santa to be a part of their Christmas celebrations. Tricia, I think this is where your daughter is right now. And though this is the group who will likely, I think, get the most out of this episode, I do want to appeal to our Christian friends anywhere on this Santa spectrum to ponder some of the questions we'll ask in this episode, because they can apply to so much more than just this particular issue.
1: Yeah. All right, Katie. So, I think you've identified the wide range and various stances on Santa. So, now for the million-dollar question. <laughs>
0: Should Christian celebrate Santa? Well, I think it depends on what you mean by celebrating and what you mean by Santa. So, let's take a look at how we celebrate, why we celebrate, and who we celebrate to help our listeners ponder why they do what they do with their own families. So first we'll talk about the how and why parts of celebrating Santa. These two often go hand in hand. And I've asked a lot of my Santa loving mom friends why they chose to celebrate Santa with their own families. And most of them said something like this it's a family tradition. My parents did this with me. And so I didn't even think of not doing that with my own kids. So they not only repeat the traditions that were done with them, but they often repeat them in the same ways. And
1: let me just say that there's so much value in family traditions, and we know they're important, right. which is why Katie and I spent an entire episode giving some fun ideas for creating your own Christ centered Christmas traditions with your family. The Bible is just full of traditions that are meant to
0: remind us of all that God has done for his people. That's exactly right, Ginger. But I do want to encourage those parents who hold this view to consider the purpose of their family traditions and whether or not your specific ones regarding Santa adequately fit those purposes, because many families do many different things when it comes to Santa. So here are a few questions to ask yourselves, and we will have Heather uh, put these in the show notes so you guys can take a look at those. Question one, why do you desire to include or not include Santa in your Christmas celebrations? Number two, in what ways do your particular Christmas traditions enhance your kids' understanding of who Christ is? Number three, in what ways do your particular Christmas traditions take away from their understanding of who Christ is? Number four, do you believe that celebrating Santa will deepen your relationships with your own children and their relationship with the Lord, or is Santa a distraction from those things? And last question, if you choose to celebrate Santa with your family and follow that tradition to its logical conclusion— Will it deepen your relationship with your children and their relationship with Christ? So in other words, when your children inevitably find out that Santa isn't real, or at at least real in the way you might have depicted him to your kids, will this do them good? Will it do them harm? Or is it a neutral issue?
1: Katie, for me personally, as a child, it definitely was not a neutral issue. Mm -hmm. I remember well the day that I found out Santa wasn't real, and I was just absolutely heartbroken. And not only that, but the kid who told me also made fun of me in front of the other kids at school by saying I was stupid for ever believing in Santa Mm -hmm. in the first place. I remember feeling just so incredibly sad, but also embarrassed and like this kid said, stupid in front of all my peers. Now, of course, I don't blame my parents for that at all. Their intentions were good. And to be honest, our family had a blast with the whole Santa thing while it lasted. Because sadly, that's all we knew. As I said, none of us knew Jesus then. And so we didn't understand that the whole meaning of Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Jesus and all that he's done for us. Katie, those were really great questions for helping us ponder what we're trying to accomplish with our
0: family traditions. Did you have any more questions? Well, yes, and I'll get to those in a minute. And I could come up with a hundred more, probably. Uh, I won't do that to you guys today, but I think Mm -hmm. these will help parents stop to consider the reasons why they celebrate Santa. So another reason many parents give for celebrating Santa as part of their Christmas traditions goes something like this. Katie, you're overthinking this. Just let them be kids. You know, it's just for fun. (laughs) Uh, To which I would say this. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely overthinking it. It's what I do best. And um, But (laughs) I do think it's possible to underthink it. So here's an Mm -hmm. excerpt from an article entitled, Believing in Mythological Characters is Part of Childhood. In that article, Pastor Mark Ambrose says, It's no secret that our children believe in things that aren't real during their developmental years. Today's children's books, TV programming, movies, and educational curricula all capitalize on this issue by presenting topics in a way that taps into a child's imagination. We tell our children animals can talk, trees can walk, and people can fly, all that time knowing they will one day realize it isn't true. This is all part of the fun of childhood and growing up. To my knowledge, I don't know of any parents that considered Sesame Street to have a detrimental effect on their child and the need to warn them against the woes of a talking big bird. Instead, it fills a child's life with wonderful memories and joyful reflection. He goes on to say, so why is Santa Claus any different? Should Santa be any different? I personally don't think so. As a pastor, I've had no problem incorporating Santa Claus into our family tradition, Uh, Christmas celebration over the years. In fact, we used to say that Santa is giving gifts in Jesus' name, which is more than I could say about any Sesame Street character. So when it comes to Santa Claus, I view it through the lens of Elmo. They are both jolly, red, and love to be with children, and children love to be with them. And then he ended his article with a smiley face emoji. (laughs) So... I'm going to do my best here not to be snarky, but I'm completely offended that this pastor would compare Santa to Elmo. Um, That's just lunacy. And if Santa was as annoying as Elmo, we would not even be having this conversation because no parent (laughs) would take that much time and effort to perpetuate Elmo year after year. I'm convinced of that, Uh, except for maybe the parents who you know, bought into that whole Tickle Me Elmo phase back when that was a thing. Do you remember that, Ginger? <laughs> Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> Can you imagine allowing your kids to sit on a giant Tickle Me Elmo's lap at the mall? Oh, this is getting weird. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah Katie, this is getting weird. Slow down. We won't go there. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I don't think it would be a good idea for a variety That's of it. reasons. <laughs> but before we get canceled, <laughs> let, let's get back to Santa
0: and what this pastor is saying. Well, I think this pastor is absolutely right that children are prone to believe in mythological characters. Um, Well, though my oldest son never said as much, I'm sure he believed that our family was riding on the actual Thomas the Train that time that we paid a ridiculous amount of money to ride a train for three three minutes. I mean, it was very short, (laughs) Uh, but it was magical for him and he loved it. But then we left. We went home. And we didn't take Thomas the train home with us, figuratively speaking. We didn't bring Thomas into our parenting. Like, you know, JJ, Thomas is watching you while you sleep. We we didn't buy our kids gifts in the name of Thomas and then spend weeks or even months building up this moment when Thomas would sneak into our home and leave behind treasures that the mall Thomas happened to share with him beforehand. <laughs> okay, obviously, I'm, I'm overstating for the sake of effect, but I think even in the most Christ-centered home where Santa is also celebrated— This isn't really that far-fetched. So for that reason, I don't think it makes sense to associate Santa with all other mythological characters, unless we're talking about the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. I do think that those fall into the same category as Santa, and that many parents do lead their children to believe in them in different ways than they do the characters on television. I I don't think most parents have led their children to believe in TV or book characters in the same way that they have Santa.
1: Mm, Yeah, I know this is sort of off topic here. But when you mentioned the tooth fairy, Katie, it reminded me of a fun tradition I started when Wesley and Alex started losing teeth. I told them that granny tooth trader would be paying them a visit. And at some point during the day that they lost the tooth, I, me, I would put on an old lady mask and say, I hear you lost a tooth today, and it just so happens I'm in the market for a good tooth, <laughs> and then I trade them a little bit of money for the tooth. And of course, they knew it was me, but they loved it. It was just a fun way for us to pretend that didn't involve convincing them that a tooth fairy actually existed, and then risking them being disappointed when they found out differently.
0: So I'm gonna need evidence, uh, Ginger, of this. I want to see, <laughs> I want to see the grainy tooth trader in all her glory. That
1: that is so much fun. (laughs) I'll have to dig up a picture. I'm sure I've got one somewhere. I'll pull it out. And
0: no one here is probably wondering why your daughter became an actress. I really don't think anybody's (laughs) curious about that. Here's an excerpt from a Christianity Today article by Carrie Wyatt Kent. Some stories, such as fables and parables, are not empirically true, but they are true in that they point to realities about God's world and the human condition. Some stories are empirically true and also communicate this kind of truth. The nativity story is a perfect example of the latter. The Santa Claus myth is a great example of the former. Santa Claus embodies Christian values such as kindness, generosity, forgiveness. Every child soon realizes that even if they have not been perfect all year, Santa comes through. Santa brings gifts to children, both deserving and undeserving. So, Ginger, what I believe the author of this article is trying to communicate is that the stories of Santa aren't true, but they point to biblical truths. And for that reason, she believes it's beneficial to celebrate Santa. And this is probably another reason many parents do continue the Santa tradition as a way to remember the historical St. Nicholas. Yes, Nicholas was a real man who lived in the third century and who embodied so many of our Christian values. But is he the same man we celebrate and communicate to our children each Christmas and throughout the year? So here are a few questions that will help us ponder not only why we celebrate, but who we celebrate when we include Santa in our Christmas celebrations. Is it important that we help our children properly discern truth from fiction early in their childhood, or can we allow them this season to believe in fictional stories? Do we teach our children that Santa is a godlike figure In other words, do we lead our kids to believe that anyone outside of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent? Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Who do my children believe Santa to be, and will this further our efforts to reach their hearts for the glory of God? And the last question, is there a discernible difference between lying as condemned in the Bible and perpetuating a fictional story with our kids for the sake of fun? Honestly, I went back and forth about asking that last question because I don't want to communicate that there is necessarily a cut and dry answer to it. But I do think it's a question that Christian parents should consider if they choose to celebrate Santa by telling their children that he is a real person. Mm -hmm. Um, These are just some of the questions my husband and I asked ourselves when our kids were very young, and honestly, I found them very difficult to answer. Ultimately, we decided not to celebrate Santa at all in our home. Um, At Christmas time. we read stories about Nicholas and his good deeds. We read stories about fictional characters that fill our kids' imaginations with all sorts of fun and exciting things. But we chose not to muddy the water, so to speak, with the story of Santa Claus. Honestly, I mean, this is not the main reason, but I don't have it in me to do the mental gymnastics necessary to keep up (laughs) that kind of story day in and day out without blowing it. I mean, seriously— If your kids believe in Santa, please do not let them spend time with me because I will completely ruin it for them. (laughs) I will. I can't help it.
1: So don't let your kids anywhere near Katie. No, just don't. (laughs) Katie, you know, I basically took the same approach with Wesley and Alex when they were little because I too did not want to muddy the waters. We can have so much fun with the imaginations God gives us. And uh, I was all about that with my kids, enjoying their imaginations throughout the year. But I did not want anything or anyone to take precedence over our celebrating Jesus at Christmas. So I did not try to convince my kids that there was a Santa Claus. We kept the focus on... Jesus. I actually didn't even address the issue of Santa until my kids were old enough to ask about him. And, you know, they eventually will because everywhere they look, there's sleighs and reindeer Mm -hmm. and men in red suits. And so when they were old enough and they did ask, I just told them the truth that there was a man named St. Nicholas who was generous and kind. And people took this real person and made up stories about him to pretend he flies around in a sleigh on Christmas Eve night delivering presents to kids. Now, Wesley, who was a very logical child and like his mama, had very little imagination, (laughs) said, well, that's dumb. (laughs) I I like the idea that you're the one leaving the presents for me, which to me made total sense because I didn't mind getting all the credit. Mm. I mean, why should some white bearded stranger in a red suit get all the credit when I'm the one that did all the work? Yes, exactly. Alex, on the other hand, who had a very vivid imagination as a child, loved to pretend. So she asked, can we pretend that there actually is a Santa, even though she knew that there wasn't? So... I just did a really simple thing with that whenever i was wrapping presents i just hung a sign on the door that said do not enter santa's workshop Uh (laughs) so while we didn't celebrate santa and we didn't decorate our house with santa paraphernalia we did do just a little bit of not convincing but pretending while keeping jesus at the very center of our christmas celebration my kids were very clear from the get-go that jesus is real Santa is not. Mm. Katie, since we were doing this episode, I was curious as to how Wesley and Alex felt now that they're adults about the decision I made to be upfront with them about Santa. So I texted both of them last week and asked if they felt like they missed out on something or if they were glad that they knew the truth about Santa from the start. Alex texted back. She wrote, I love the way Santa was presented to me as a kid. I love that I knew he was not real, but that you allowed me to pretend that he was. What I'm glad I missed out on was finding out that Santa wasn't real. I genuinely think I would have felt lied to. So I'm glad I never felt that way regarding Santa. Mm -hmm. Alex went on to say that she and her soon-to-be fiancé have talked about how they want to approach Santa. She said, when we read the Christmas story from the Bible, we want to say something like, I know we have fun pretending Santa is real during Christmas time, but we never want to take away from what the true meaning of Christmas is. She said and if I think if they hear that every year, they'll know the truth, but they'll still have a ton of fun. Mm. And then Wesley texted back and this was his response to those questions. He wrote I didn't feel like knowing the truth about Santa spoiled anything for me. I was just as excited knowing that you were in Santa's workshop. Mm. Had I been told Santa was real for years and then later told he wasn't, I think I would have been let down. And I think the magic of Christmas would have been lessened.
0: Oh, wow. I love their perspectives on that, Ginger. Um... I haven't questioned or regretted our decision to not do Santa in our home, but I have wondered from time to time if our kids might feel that way when they're adults. So that's encouraging to hear from Alex and Wesley, how they feel about it. Uh, You didn't ruin Christmas for them by presenting Santa the way that you did. Something else I thought about Katie while praying about this episode. I
1: was thinking about why we even give our children gifts to celebrate Jesus's birthday. I mean, why does that even make sense? And then John seven eleven popped into my mind, which says, "If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him?" Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't it be awesome to have that conversation with our kids on Christmas morning before they tear into all those gifts? You know, something like. I carefully picked out these special gifts for you because I love you and because I delight in bringing you joy. But do you know who loves you even more than I do? And who is the real giver of joy? The gift you have in Jesus is better than anything you could ever unwrap on Christmas morning.
0: Oh, that is so sweet, and I mean, just a wonderful way to approach gift giving with our children, whether parents choose to include Santa's gifts in the mix or not. But presenting—I yeah, always
1: it... have my best ideas after they're grown. I know, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you have a podcast; you can give us all your good ideas, <laughs> even the ones I didn't. Do. I know. <laughs> oh well, so listeners, please hear my heart on this. I don't believe for a second that Christian families can't or shouldn't celebrate Santa. I know this because I grew up in a home where Santa was celebrated and Christ was exalted. So I have no doubt this is possible. Uh, one of my favorite Santa stories, I've been asking around to all my friends, and one of my favorite stories is one that my dear friend Heather shared with me recently. This is the Heather who works on our podcast and makes sure that Ginger and I uh, don't lose our minds. And Heather's a <laughs> rock star. We love her. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, she and her husband have found a wonderful way. Um, to celebrate Santa and exalt Christ, there is a Santa who pulls the kids onto his lap to tell them the story of Jesus. So he listens to what they want uh, for Christmas, but then he also takes the time to do that with them. That's a precious thing. And I love to hear stories of wonderful men like that who will take the kids onto his <laughs> lap. Um, but I have also given lots of thought to my own story. So Ginger, I had a similar reaction and you know, a similar one to our listener, Trisha's daughter. I don't know that I told my parents that I would never be happy again, but that honestly does sound like something I probably would have I said. I actually thought of you <laughs> when I was reading that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something Katie would say. It's actually, <laughs> A little dramatic. It really does. <laughs> but I distinctly recall how embarrassed I felt when I finally learned the truth about mm. Santa. I was ashamed of myself that I had been so naive. I wasn't angry with my parents then, and I don't need therapy about it today, but I can honestly <laughs> say that my feelings back then did make an impact on my own decision not to do Santa with my kids. Um, And, you know, Ginger, hearing what you had to say about it, it's funny how we uh, don't—we didn't react to our parents in anger. It was more just shame in ourselves. And that's something— I mean, I don't know if that's an across the board thing, although Trisha's daughter um, seemed to react in anger toward her mom. <laughs> mm-hmm, but um mm-hmm. there's just something to keep in mind as as we consider what decision we're making for our family. You know, I never want my children to feel ashamed that they believed something I told them that wasn't true. So it's imperative to me yeah. that they can trust me to help them discern truth from fiction. Uh, By the way, mom and dad, if you're listening, I love you and you're both amazing parents. Um, (laughs) I I would not want to give the impression to our listeners that my childhood was ruined or that I wish my parents had done things differently because that isn't the case. So that's something else I want to communicate to Christian parents who do celebrate Santa. And I'm going to borrow a quote from David Mathis that I used in our Halloween episode. As Christians with open Bibles, we have a theology tall enough and thick enough for every ounce of Halloween or Santa in this case. God's sovereignty over the salvation of our children isn't thwarted by Santa Claus any more than we can add to our salvation by or their salvation by hating Santa Claus and condemning those who love him. Romans 14 5 through 6 gives us the liberty to observe holidays or not according to our own convictions. It says, One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observe it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat and gives God thanks. Mm, I love that verse. I do too. It's not Mm -hmm. about Santa, it's about Jesus. It's not about whether or not Santa makes an appearance in your Christmas celebrations, it's about whether or not Jesus is the center of them. Mm. Amen, sister, you could have made that one statement and we could have turned it off. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> End of story. Well, Trisha, I do pray that this helps your daughter as she takes time to ponder the how, why, and who of celebrating Santa with her kids like ginger I asked my own children and they're still quite young um, they're 11, 10 and 6 and I asked them if they feel that they missed out on anything since we never have celebrated Santa so here are their thoughts one of my kids said that they liked knowing that mom and dad brought their Christmas gifts sorry bought their Christmas gifts for them rather than someone they didn't know it just felt more impersonal And one of my kids said that they were creeped out by the idea of someone sneaking into our house, even if it was (laughs) to give them kids. So that's probably my kid who is most likely to listen to the Dateline podcast when they're my age.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Shelly in Florida. Shelley starts off by writing, Even though I'm a mother of four grown children, I am a preschool teacher at a Christian school. The Wise Words for Mom's Chart and biblical principles in your book support and complement our behavior plan so well. I recommend your resources and podcasts to my students' parents often. That's awesome. Well, Shelley, thank you for that. We appreciate those encouraging words and for recommending my resources and our podcast All right. So here's Shelly's tip. She writes, after I unload dishes from the dishwasher, I put soap for the next load in the dispenser. That way, when someone opens the dishwasher, they can see the dispenser is closed and know immediately the dishes in it are dirty. It also means that when the load is ready to start, it's good to go. Shelly, I love this That's tip. Smart. You know, I've heard of uh, It is. I've heard of folks putting a clean or dirty note or a magnet on their dishwasher, but the thought of actually labeling things dirty in my house doesn't appeal <laughs> unclean, to me. Unclean, unclean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think this is just such a fantastic idea. We're definitely going to start doing this. If you have a quick tip for the show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, just anything at all. We'd love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Katie, thank you so much for all the time and prayer you've put into this episode. And I think it would be fantastic if you would leave us with a final word
0: of encouragement. Sure, gender. I'd like to leave our listeners with the words of John Piper. If you know anything about Dr. Piper, you know he's pretty outspoken on his views about Santa. Uh, in short, he's not a fan. And there are a handful of things I don't agree with Dr. Piper on, on various topics, but I'm always encouraged by his passion for exalting Christ. Here's what he has to say on this topic. Let your decorations point to Jesus. Let your food point to Jesus. Let your games point to Jesus. Let your singing point to Jesus. Outrejoice the world, out-give the world, outdecorate the world, and let it all point to Jesus. Friends, I encourage you to take the time to ponder your traditions and ensure that they ultimately point to Christ. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Are you looking for fun and Christ-centered Christmas gifts for your children or your grandchildren or maybe nieces and nephews? Well, today we're offering both of Ginger's children books, which are co-authored with Al Roland, at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining and Chloe and the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. These totally charming stories have quirky, fun illustrations, and they help children understand that there are better ways to communicate than whining. They talk about the importance of being truthful and how kids can always turn to Jesus for help. Again, just use the code parenting at checkout at gingerhubbard.com and get 10% off both of those books. And remember, listeners, when you purchase through gingerhubbard.com rather than other really convenient online retailers, well, you are helping to support our ministry and this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for your support. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.